This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So I call this talk quantum hope. And hope is an interesting word. So think about the last time you said, well, I hope and fill in the blank. And did you really expect that whatever you filled in the blank for, like, I hope I get that job, or I hope I have enough money to pay this bill, or I hope I meet that person that, you know, is my one and only. Did you really expect that that would happen? Or did you really mean, oh, I wish it would, but I know it won't? I, th- I think when we say, I hope this happens, we're saying, oh, this, we need a Hail Mary here. This is such a long shot, right? And, and I think that maybe that's because when we talk about hope, we think about it from more of the Newtonian world, that classical, so in Newtonian physics, there's cause and effect. Like if I come over and I push you, you're gonna move back, right? So we can see, we can see the cause, we can see the effect. When we think about the things that we hope for, we're looking at the material world at the evidence in front of us. And we don't see enough evidence that this could happen, whatever this is for us. And so we really believe that it can't happen. And we throw out the I hope while we believe it won't happen. And unsurprisingly, it usually doesn't. Because we actually know, especially here in Unity, that our thoughts create a reality. And those thoughts can be our, you know, most often are our subconscious thoughts. So when I talk about quantum hope, I'm looking at it not from a Newtonian perspective, but from the quantum world. So I don't know how many, how many of you, when I talk about quantum, have a pretty good idea of what quantum refers to? Okay, so maybe a half of you do, and the rest of you are like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> and, and I have to say, so I, I've told you before that Um, I was reading this book, You Matter More Than You Think, and so last night I finished the whole thing and, you know, lots of highlights in it, and part of the time I was thinking, I have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) And part of the time I was thinking, oh yeah, this is really good stuff. So it's, it can be, it can be a little bit heady and hard to understand, but there are a few things about the quantum world So I think one of the most basic is that reality is a wave of possibilities. And as we focus on some point in that wave, the wave collapses into that point. So 
That means anything could happen, right? Here's my health. All these possibilities. And I focus on, oh, I'm going to have high blood pressure, say, because it runs in my family. And I keep focusing, I hope I don't have high blood pressure. And boom, that collapses the wave. And now I have high blood pressure. Okay? And you can take that with anything. This is possibilities, and they're infinite. And this, boom, is what I'm focusing on. And that's what happens. Okay, so when we talk about the quantum world where anything is possible, and then we think about our reality that we're experiencing. So for example, in this book, they're focusing on climate change. And they're talking about how we hear all these predictions for how our world is really in bad, bad shape. We hear that all the time, right? We, you know, some people don't want to have kids. I mean, you could make a case for there are too many people on the planet, so maybe that's a good idea, but, but really, so many people don't want to have kids because look at this world that we're bringing them into and the world is going to end maybe in their lifetimes or, you know, there, there are thoughts that are out there. We are very concerned about what's happening with the planet heating up. However, if we want to have hope for our planet, we should take consideration into where is the evidence that this is happening. Now, I'm not denying that there is a problem. We definitely have some problems with what's going on with the Earth. But when they measure what is going on with the Earth, they are measuring things like, okay, how much is, have the ice caps melted? And so, let me give you a different example. If you're doing probability with rolling a dice, for those over there doing blackjack, um, they measure the roll of the dice, like what are the numbers that are possible, and they measure the roll. What they don't measure is the one who is doing the rolling. Okay, so when we think about all the measurements and all the statistics that we get about what is happening with our planet, we, the agents, are not being measured. Only what is happening, the process. It doesn't take us into consideration. And we, as it turns out, have a very big role. Consciousness has a big role. When we So another aspect of the quantum world is something called entanglement. Maybe you've heard about experiments where they, they take cellular material and they separate it. And one is in Chicago and one is in Portland. And they do something to the one in Portland and the one in Chicago has an experience that looks like a reaction to the same thing, even though they're not connected, but they were at one time. They've done lots of experiments with 
twins who were separated at birth for some reason and end up having similar experiences all through life because we're entangled with one another. We are, you, you've had experiences where you think about somebody and then that person calls or you run into them because we're entangled with them and that's a quantum idea. We tend to think about nature as, well, there's nature out there, let's, let's go out and be in nature. We tend not to think about, I am nature, and I am entangled with all of it. And so the qualities that we see in nature, like the strength of the tree, or when we did the Council of All Beings, and you know everyone got some aspect of nature to identify with all of those qualities are we have them too because we are entangled with them and so we're we're playing too small when we have hope that is more of the newtonian kind of hope and it's based on the evidence we can see we're not looking at everything we are entangled with. Chris, I love that you talked about holy spelled with the W. I've been doing that intentionally for a very long time. My, my word for God is the holy good. And we are entangled with the holy good. I am the holy good. I can't separate myself from it. So when we think about what is possible in our world, we have so much that we can draw upon and we have agency and we have to think about our power to create. One of, one of the things that I loved that was in this book was talking about how, what it is that we put out. It is the practice of sowing the seeds of a thriving future for all by allowing ourselves to embody that future in our thoughts, relationships, and actions when we embrace our complementary identity as both individuals and collective. So it's not just I am I, but I am we. And not just we, the people in this room, but we, nature. We, the holy good. When we embrace our complementary identities as both individuals and collectives, we can generate fractal patterns that ripple, resonate, and replicate at all scales. So when we think of ourselves as agents, we're talking about not only what we do, though what we do is important, but it's also what we are thinking and what we are being. So if we want a world 
where everyone thrives, where if we want a world where there is kindness, then we look at who are we being. And we don't doubt that that kind of being is having an impact. Maybe we, we have to take actions. We can't just think about it in our heads. But the actions flow from an interbeing space. Like you wouldn't sit down, well, if you're 11, you might, and you have a whole package of M&Ms and you don't want to have to share it, you might eat the whole thing and not offer it to the person beside you. But even when you're 11, sometimes you think better of it and you offer some M&Ms. <laughs> so it's, it's like we grow into knowing as we grow that we can't just be for ourselves because we are collective and every one of us matters. When we talk about unity principles, our number one principle is we're all one. The holy good is what we are. There is, there is not a hierarchy of a God up somewhere and we down here. It's all one. Even the creation stories that come from a culture that was very different than ours with a scientific understanding that was very different, very, very different. It was a pre-scientific understanding. But even in that story, everything that's created, God says it's good because it comes from the mind of the cosmos, the creation, the holy good. What else could it be? It's all one. So when we think about what is out there, what could happen, if we think about it from the place of it's an extension of us, everything that is in process is us becoming, because we are all there is, then we realize that as we do things that come from a place of integrity and, and goodness, that that has a ripple effect on the all because we're connected to it. Is this making sense? I feel like in some ways that I'm talking in circles, and, and I found myself thinking, oh, this is so complicated. I hope I can make sense of it. <laughs> and then I said, wait a minute, that's, that's the opposite of what you're trying to express here. <laughs> it's, in some ways, it's just simpler than it we can imagine. Just be a good person. Be kind. And, and the ripples are amazing. I, I read a story yesterday about 
a woman who got on a, she was, took a, an Uber to go to Atlanta airport, and she's in the airport in line to get on her flight. She left her car keys and house keys in the Uber. The Uber driver found them, parked the car, came into the Atlanta airport. This is not like Redmond's airport. <laughs> it's one of the biggest. <laughs> he came and found her in the airport and returned her keys because they're entangled and kindness has fractal power. So the things that we do when we think about the earth as we are the body of the earth, if there's too much there's excess, we look at our own lives and we say, where have I got excess? Where can I let go? If there's not enough, we ask ourselves, where am I not playing largely enough? Where can I do more? And we do it. And we let go of this idea of, oh, I don't know, I think I should do this. I hope I can do this, but I know I can't. We just let that thinking go. When we think about, like that wonderful video of, of the kids' camp, I know there aren't too many people here that brought their kids today. I don't know if you have kids, but there usually are more people here with kids, but they can't necessarily afford the kids' camp. We ha and that's just one of the camps. They have camps for middle schoolers. They have camps for teenagers. And, you know, that being a parent is an expensive job. I was listening to a con comedian yesterday talk about the parent parentally challenged, and he was saying, oh, it's not much of a return on your investment. You know, you're, you're, you're paying out all this money every year, and then, and then at some point you die, and they get all the rest of it. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but anyway, all I'm saying is being a parent is expensive. And so for those of you whose kids are not, you know, they're grown, or you don't have kids to begin with, maybe you want to think about giving some extra money specifically for kids camp so that more of our kids could go. Just a thought. Maybe you want to think about doing things that have an impact, just working in this small community you know, like getting out and pulling weeds or washing laundry for people that don't have washing machines. I mean, that could even... Did you get your washing machines fixed yet? <laughs> and she was saying that the first day that we did that, it's like, my washing machine isn't working. <laughs> Maybe I could bring my laundry in. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
Um, but, but anyway, you know, those are little things that we can do. Think about how can you get involved in acts of kindness and giving of yourself. Because then it makes a ripple effect in this world. And the predictions that seem so dire maybe don't come about because you have exercised agency. There's one more quote from this book that I love so much. Quantum social change is about activating a quality of agency by responding from a space of integrity and oneness in every moment. The potential for quantum social change lies not in technologies, but in people. And it is expressed through love for ourselves, each other, nature, the planet, and future generations. From the perspective of quantum social change, I, we, are the most powerful solutions to climate change. Quantum social change is not just about choosing a different paradigm. It is about being a different paradigm. This takes courage in a world where we are socialized to conform and habituated to believe in the paradigm that we are separate. We are not separate. We are one. We are one. And when we know that, and when we act from that knowing, we create the world that we want. And hope is a real power. <laughs>